you know, South Africa is the rainbow nation. And so when I go to China um, and I say that I'm from South Africa, some people might be surprised. Some people might be, uh, they don't believe me. Yeah, so, so see. I, I've heard someone ask me from, from if I'm from Azerbaijan. <laughs> so, I'm not so, surprised. Yeah, so what, what I found was that when I showed them my green passport that I'm from South Africa, you know, they looked at me as a South African, not me because of my surname or because of my multicultural background. Mm-hmm. And that was a key take home because China has a, a perspective on unifying that whole nation to, to, to spread one common language, one common voice. And, um, and I saw that the South Africans that were there, they were able to also come together and unify ourselves so that we can work closely with the Chinese. Mm. And and I think that that model could be replicated for, you know, South Africans um, that are working with other countries across the world. Mm. And so, yeah, so, you know, we, there's, there's a lot that we that we took home from that uh, case for investing. Uh, we've we've worked closely with Brand South Africa to promote South Africa as a tourist destination, as an investment destination, and also to foster cooperation between businesses so that businesses can can move quickly and and receive funding or receive, you know, scale up uh, through some of the mechanisms that we have in South Africa and in China. Yes. So I I actually left to China when I finished high school. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in uh, in in KwaZulu Natal and Umgungundlovu mm-hmm. region, and 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 so so the background that I had, you know, was 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 seen through the eyes of you know a a small town, mm-hmm. and and when I went to China, I, I understood that you know these people were driving from the time that I was there from 2011 to 2021. Yeah. They were driving scale and development and 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 and, and size. Mm. Everything was big, you know. And so as a young person when I went there, I understood that you know, you know, they have such a big population of 1.4 billion people that mm. it's it's somehow hard to fathom. South mm. Africa here we are 60 million mm. and you know, sometimes we we feel like our problems are insurmountable but that 60 million is not even up to one province in china uh, so one province could be more than 60 million and so i understood that you know we can really work together as young south africans to solve our own problems mm-hmm. in terms of the case for youth unemployment yeah. or you know youth not being able to integrate into the economy uh, the township economy not being able to get funded or not being able to trade, you know, with the big players. And so I found that, you know, if we're able to democratize trading, you understand, mm. with young people, we, we should be able to, um, you know, to work together to do that. So, yeah, so as a young person, I, I identified that, you know, China has some key principles. They love long-term planning. Um, so they have every five years, they roll out a five-year plan for this city or this region. And and the person who initiates that model for that county or that district, and if it does well, they they get promoted to city level, promoted to provincial level, and hopefully promoted to national level. Yeah. So there is a system where they, they would... They would use you know methods to try these models and see what is going to work and i believe we we in south africa can benefit from from that that type of thinking yeah. because we have um we have such a vibrant population you know we have one of the 
the smartest uh, you know population in terms of what we are doing with our youth you just mentioned that i made the forbes 30 under 30 list did you know that just less than 50 percent uh, uh, of the people that made the 30 under 30 they are all south africans so mm. so it's not just me yeah uh, i'm just the one that they chose to put on the cover but there are many others and i think that is where south africa young south africans have identified that there are institutional gaps where maybe their the service delivery has not come in and that's where they can create something mm. and so all we need to do is to foster that ecosystem and environment to help enable these young entrepreneurs or scientists or educationists or anybody who's really passionate about that field they've taken time to study they've taken time to um, to build something of credibility and now i think we must as a you know as a platform to also promote them Yes, because these are the guys that are, are supposed to take us to the next 20, 30 years into the fourth industrial revolution, into the sustainable development goals, into all of these things. And so I saw using China's model, how they were able to, you know, to use their work ethic. You know, mm. the work ethic was very important. They would wake up at a certain time and they would finish work at a certain time. They would wake up at, at, at 5 to 6 a.m. And, and they'd be finishing work at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. And I know a lot of young South Africans are also trying to do that, but maybe they don't know, you know, how to go about that. And I think maybe hopefully through today's uh, small sharing, mm. we can encourage those youth as well that they can also do it yeah. uh, because there's nothing special that was in me for me to achieve those things. It was just uh, the opportunities that were given to me. I capitalized on them and uh, you were able to grow from there. So, yes, that's what I was able to observe you know, uh, uh, in my time in China, yes. That's quite important because I wanted to, to really find out what synergies, what we can do similarly as well. But also uh, the conversation that we don't normally have in terms of what we can draw from, from one another instead of just really trading, but find out about systems and the way of doing things and how we can all learn from each other as well, which, yes. is, quite, which is quite important. I want to look at uh, your... How did you end up um, being interested in the space of healthcare and how, what are some of the projects that you, do, you you have done before? So as a young as a young boy, I I always wanted to become a doctor, and so I remember in my grade five science fair project, uh, I built a small model of a hospital, mm -hmm. and that was that that's what I used to present at the science fair, and I got a small you know I got a small prize for that small hospital that we built. Are we and not talking during the... We're talking the week where we... It's the Science Week. Is science week? week, yes. Science <laughs> Week, correct. And, um, you know, from then, uh, from primary school going to high school, I was always uh, you know, interested in, in pursuing a career in medicine. Um, however, I, I realized that, you know, uh, you know, South Africa does have limited spaces, you know, to study medicine. And unfortunately, I wasn't given a, a space to study medicine. Uh, I was given a space to study a science degree and hopefully get into there. But... Um, I realized that, you know, through a lot of consultation with some of the people who have gone down that road, that that might not be the best route for me. Mm. So I, I, you know, I ended up applying to many, many, many different places. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I actually got an offer from, from China okay. to, go, to go abroad. And, and now... This my, immediately after high school? Immediately after high school. I, I finished in 2010. So I did my first training in a hospital in 2010 for the vocational training that you have to do this uh, work exposure and I went to uh, to work at uh, Gray's Hospital it's a tertiary 
uh, academic hospital in in KZN in Peter Maritzburg. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I I went there and I, you know, shadowed some of the excellent doctors and I and I got to see some very interesting cases. Uh, you know, and I got basically put into the world of medicine at working at that hospital, and. Um, yeah, I would say it was cemented because uh, I stayed with my with my grandmother, and my grandmother was quite uh, was quite ill, you know, mm. in her old age. She was eighty plus years, and so um, I, I understood that I needed to 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 take care of her, you know, in her old age, and uh, obviously tried my best to do that. Now, unfortunately, um, one day whilst I was at home, she had a massive heart attack, and you know, she she went into a state where she's unconscious and she's she's just breathing um you know very very loudly and uh you know I was a, I was quite traumatized I was I was still very young at that age yeah. and I tried to perform uh, CPR and I couldn't uh, I wasn't able to to perform CPR successfully and she actually passed away mm-hmm. and so from that day on it, it I kind of made a contract with myself and I said no you know I must learn some skills yeah. um so that this doesn't happen again Whenever I'm in an emergency situation or whenever I'm in a situation that someone needs medical attention or medical care, I should be there to, you know, to help and also try and spread awareness so that other people know how to do these simple skills. Mm. So, yeah, um, once I got the acceptance from China, uh, I was very excited and um, I started preparing myself and... um, Without speaking one word of Chinese, <laughs> but now you can. Uh, yes, now I speak fluent Chinese. <laughs> you mean Mandarin? Without, you can speak quite. I can well. speak for a fluent Mandarin. Uh, when I first went there, I couldn't. Sp- I didn't understand the language. I think it was the first time I ever flew on the on a plane, oh and uh, going straight to 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 the far east. Yeah. So it was a very interesting journey, and um, yeah, I ended up there. I I started off my career in Wenzhou Medical University on the eastern side of China, mm-hmm. uh, in Zhejiang Province. And uh, and in fact, I didn't know when I was going there that that province is actually the most economically active province with South Africa. So that mm. Zhejiang province has many, many companies that trade with South Africa and work with South Africa, uh, buy South African goods and, um, and, and invest into South Africa. And so without me knowing it, I had gone to a place that was fast becoming a world superpower, fast becoming the second largest economy in the world fast becoming a very big trendsetter and pace setter in terms of trade and 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 fast becoming the engine of the world's economy and and so I went there at a, at a stage where they were in a growth phase and I also learned those skills of how to grow how to develop yourself invest in yourself you know learn a new language I, I, that's why I love learning languages Tali you know mm. we as young South Africans uh, imagine if we don't understand each other's uh, languages we can't we can't really connect at a very very you know, deep level, a human level. Uh, Nelson Mandela once said that if you speak to a man with an, a language he understands, you speak to his brain. Mm. But if you speak in his mother tongue, you're mm. speaking to his heart. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And so, uh, and so that's what I did. I found out that as soon as I started learning some few words of Chinese, mm. they opened up to me. And uh, they were so shocked. Oh, wow, your Chinese is good. Even though it's not good at that time. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it, it, they were really welcoming. And and I realized that, you know, why in South Africa that young people don't decide to also learn our own official languages? Mm. It's, it's actually, it shouldn't be forced upon you to learn it in school. You should want to learn those languages because those are your brothers and sisters that you're going to be working with uh, in government. You're going to be working with in, in business. You're going to be working with in, uh, you know, in 
in every sphere of your life. So you have to actually invest time to learn those languages. So I think that was one of the main things that I learned from uh, from going there. If you can speak their language, mm. you understand their culture, you know, um, you'd be able to effectively work with them and you understand them. And I think it's the same thing here. In South Africa, we must do the same thing. We must learn our our, the languages it's of our tribes. It's not a when you if you speak Zulu. If you are speaking Zulu, then you, you understand. Yeah. It's, it's, you're opening up the, the warm hearts of the Zulu people to you. Do you yeah. see? So one word like Sabo and Unjani, you know, yes. is going to help you uh, to connect with them. And so I'm also encouraging uh, young people to to learn some of these languages. If I'm going to spend some time in Gauteng, I also need to uh, to work to work to to understand how um, how people communicate here, what the, yep. what the culture is here, yep. um, because it's going to help me in whatever I'm supposed to do as a young person. Yep. So I, I definitely think uh, uh, you know as a, as youth, you know under 35s, they must really focus on uh, whatever you're doing in your career. You must mm-hmm. also work on understanding people at the cultural level too, because that is actually what uh, what creates long lasting relationships. You know, it's, yes, it's yes, quite important. China South Africa investment roundtable. Yes. Tell me about that. Yeah. So. So actually, this investment roundtable happens every year yeah. and happens, um, you know, often, and it's usually approached in a way that uh, the different stakeholders are the Forum on China Africa Cooperation (FOCAC). So FOCAC is the premier ministerial conference between Africa and China. Yeah. And 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 so. Um, as you have mentioned earlier, one of the founders of FOCAC is one of South Africa's very own ambassadors, Ambassador Suklal. Yeah. He was one of the founding team to put together this this, this, this structure. It happens every three years. Mm. And so this investment roundtable is basically supposed to facilitate business conversations, business deals, and strategic cooperation between uh, Chinese enterprise and South Africa's enterprises. Um, so uh, we, we uh, bring our best to the table in terms of different sectors. Yeah. If you're talking about engineering, mining, you're talking about um, water. You're talking about sanitation, yeah. um, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about uh, energy. You know, those are the different uh, collaborations that happen and take place. So I was fortunate enough to attend the uh, the previous uh, roundtable that happened in um, in 2021, mm-hmm. and it's going to be happening again this year. And um, we are basically showcasing South Africa's best investment opportunities for foreign investors to come in and invest their money into South Africa, into big South African businesses, and also to help develop uh, the SME economy yeah. and uh, promote trade between the two of the the, 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 the two countries. And so, yeah, I think that's very important. Um, you know, we as a business, we are involved in medical devices and healthcare products. Okay. And uh, so currently my role, I'm the chairperson of the Department of Trade Industry and uh, competitions national healthcare products master plan global value chains working group okay. and so in the global value chains we are looking to uh, to look at all the multinational players in healthcare and invite them to south africa to invest in south africa's healthcare industry to place their subsidiaries here to work with south african existing companies and produce made in south africa medical devices and healthcare products mm. and so that's what my company has uh, has done and that's what got us recognition uh, by Forbes Africa um, to basically pioneer made in South Africa healthcare products and medical devices. So basically anything that you'll see in a hospital or in a clinic, we're aiming to try and bring that investment in, the technology, mm. to skill upskill our own people from South Africa. Yeah. Um, we have so many young scientists, Tali, that are, are unemployed because they don't have a place to go 
we're trying to create a platform for them to come in, upskill them, and, and actually stimulate the economy through manufacturing of healthcare products. The problem that, that we're trying to solve is mm. we are importing more than 90% of medical products. And, uh, and, and the sad truth is, uh, did you know that the CT scan was invented in South Africa? Wait. Um, <laughs> okay. I need, I need you to repeat from where, where uh, in terms of the amount of the percentage yes. of the, um, the, 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 the import. Yes. Yeah. So, so, just sure. repeat that for me. So did you know that 90% of medical devices are imported from abroad? Yeah. However, South Africa has the technological capabilities to make it ourselves. I mean, we've created the CT scan. We have the first surgeon who made the first heart transplant. Mm. We discovered Omicron during COVID-19. So we have the ability, we have the scientists, we have the technology, but we need now to all work together, government, business, private, SMEs, and unemployed graduates to come together and actually work around this healthcare products mm. to create made in South Africa products. This CT is our scan, opportunity. Which one is this? CT scan is a scan in radiology that helps to identify certain slices. So it slices the body in, 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 in different ways so that uh, radiologists and doctors who basically specialize in looking at the disease inside those places in the body mm. can identify, you know, cancer or tumors or mm. abnormalities of those organs. And then those doctors can quickly go into that to that specific region mm. and cut it out or or diagnose it or treat it from there and, and so and, and it's a south african product do you think that we're doing enough to to to, to proud ourselves of such do you see that's the problem and i'm hoping that today on ubuntu radio those who are in healthcare listening you know we need to support each other for this you know um the work that we are doing in healthcare is uh, is pioneering in the sense that everybody involved in our team is under the age of 35. Okay. And so we are focusing on investing in South Africa's youth in yeah. healthcare. We believe in, in their uh, skills as academics. We believe in their skills to get a job done. And we know that if there is a demand to buy made in South Africa products, mm. then we will have a successful business model. Yes. So we want, gone are the days now where we want uh, big businesses to just focus on on having the cheapest product come to the country mm. that was that has actually destroyed our sector in terms of 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 giving the environment for young innovative companies to come up and so we are hoping that through this through the efficacy of this master plan we would at least have a policy advantage for south african businesses that have invested in the south african uh, you know youth invested in south african technology and manufacturing we would be having first preference to 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 be to be having those products to be purchased um, in 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 those different hospitals or clinics and and all of those different businesses. Yes, oh, that's yes. quite, quite yes. important. What work now needs to be done to make sure that uh, companies like yourselves have the recognition? Do we have the necessary, um, you know, networks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and platform to make sure that uh, you know th it happens. The the short answer is no. Okay. We don't. That's why a lot of young entrepreneurs in South Africa, they're under so much of pressure because they don't get recognized because they might be, they might not be as credible enough. Okay. Now, just because I've made it to the cover of Forbes magazine, mm. it looks like I'm credible. But okay. I, as I said, there are, 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 are there are 15 other South Africans who also made that list. But how many of them, of their wonderful work is being exposed in the way that we need them to be exposed very few of them, Tali. Mm. So I'm hoping that 
you know, those that are listening and those that are encouraging, you know, the advancement of South African business and South African technology would also come together to promote our own. We must share our own, follow our own, you know, whether it's on, on, on digital channels, whether it's on uh, buying our South African products, we must support them, number one. We must want to buy our own because we are proud of our own and want to support our own. I think that's very important. Mm. Um, look at China. China exports the stuff that they don't want. <laughs> so they keep the best for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the stuff that you are seeing here that are made in China, mm. it will shock you because they, it might be a very low quality compared to what they are having for themselves. Mm. So they make sure that for their own people, they have taken them as first priority. Yeah. And unfortunately, as South Africans, we have not done that. We have not taken our own people, our own businesses, our own, our own companies as our own priority. We'd rather exemplify other brands, foreign brands, rather than our own brands. And I think that is a big error. We need to change that. Uh, it must come from uh, the general population. We must start to uh, to want to have something that belongs to our nation mm-hmm. and so that we can also take that and be proud of it when it goes abroad. You understand? So I think that's where we need to work on. Uh, for example, w- some of the work we did with the Medical Research Council during COVID-19, yeah. um, you know, that was basically what put us on the map as 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 a company that has developed this uh, technology behind the the COVID nineteen rapid test. Yeah. And and this COVID nineteen rapid test uh, was basically one example of how South African companies can actually come to the table and say we can also be part of this um, this this new technology. We are agile. Uh-huh. We we are able to bring it together. We're able to also get it licensed under our regulator, so it's all um, you know above above par, yeah. and and I think that's what we must be promoting. You know, going through the proper channel of how to get things done, but at the same time helping those those young businesses or those SMEs get some support either through funding or either through um, you know exposure, and we must you know support them in buying their products. Yes. What um, what are you picking up uh, in terms of one the support that young entrepreneurs are getting from their governments mm. um, but also the support but also the market taking mm. up do they trust because you know there are established brands there's established products but then when you learn something new in the market you're an entrepreneur you have an exciting product how welcoming are we mm. especially if it's not something new but it's just something different this time from an African I've seen that I am a I am a representation of South African talent that has left the country mm-hmm. and is now coming back. Yeah. And I'm also encouraging others to come back. Okay. And so a lot of people want to come back but they don't know how to come back. Okay. They want to put some of their money in the country and sometimes because of the many barriers to entry of how to go about this mm-hmm. uh, it makes it very difficult for them. And so investing in small businesses or, or SMEs in South Africa is a very good way to go because what we will be able to do yeah. is we will be able to promote and recommend the best of South Africa's SMEs with technology, with different sectors, whether you're talking about education, whether you're talking about health, energy, engineering, mining, whatever it is, we put it to them mm. and we are... And naturally, those who are investors, they are always looking for the next opportunity to get a better return. Yeah. And yeah. South yeah. Africans, as I've seen, Dali, we have a very, a very peculiar way of making it work. Yeah. At the end of the day, we always have a way to turn it around, you know. And so 
I think we must keep on promoting good news, sir. We must keep on promoting the best of South Africa abroad. Because when I was in China, a lot of the time, the, the only news that they will hear about South Africa is very negative. Okay. Because it's being broadcasted through our our national broadcasting agencies and 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 TV stations about you know all of the all of the different stuff that's going on. I'm not going to mention them here, mm-hmm. but what I can say is that why why don't we also spend the same time to to talk about the good things that are happening in South Africa, mm-hmm. and the, and the interesting cases of how they can come in. And I think that's very important to spread those good news. I know that Brand South Africa is working on on doing that. They have a global South Africans network that they put together, okay. where they have allowed expats, South African expats that are all all over the world, mm-hmm. to also share their stories of what they're doing in the different countries, okay. the different chambers of business and commerce that they are part of, the different people to people relations and activities that are going on, some forums, these things, to also promote those good news. But we also need that to also be a funnel, um, so that we can be pushing that out. So that the the rest of the of the world see South Africa in a light of opportunity, in a light where young leaders are stepping up, they're making changes, they're not waiting for people to yeah. to invest. They're first investing in themselves, and they're believing uh, that you know at the right time more will come. Mm. And so I think that's very important. Uh, one thing I would say is that uh, every Chinese is in their textbooks to learn about our father Nelson Mandela. Okay. And I think that's very encouraging because actually the founding, one of the founding father, fathers of China uh, and Mandela uh, were very good, you know, brothers during the, the 60s and 70s. And that is what uh, the Chinese understand from a, a, a education level. They understand where we come from as a nation. They've understood our, our new democracy. They understand those, uh, the struggles that we've had to face. But they also see that South Africa could do better with not spreading so much negative news and focus on some of the opportunities that are in the country. So I think that's an, a very, very key thing because China is a country that promotes the best of themselves for the uh, for the rest of the world to see. Mm. Anything that's, that's quote-unquote not good, they rather not even put it on the air. Mm. They, want, they want to sort it out themselves okay. before they put it on, on, the, on the TV, basically. The, yes. the agenda is clear. They set a certain agenda and then they stick to it as well. Yeah. But I guess the sense of what you're saying to say we, we as young people need to start investing in themselves. Yeah. Um, not waiting for to be recognized. It's important to, to, to make their way up uh, and uh, work with what uh, they have.